Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. I am joined by my amazing friend, former colleague, award-winning play-by-play announcer, talk show host, and author, Jim Turpin. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. I'm really happy we've stayed in touch, by the way. Let's talk about your storied career. You were a 1961 University of Illinois graduate, later went into uh, the play-by-play business as the voice of the Illini for football and basketball. You did that for more than 30 years? Yeah, about uh, 40 altogether at, uh, at WDWS. Uh, I worked uh, about three years undergrad, and so uh, add that on to my full-time job, and it was 40-some years. I'm glad you brought up your full-time job. You were also, at the same time, the general manager of WDWS, WHMS, and of course you went on to host A Penny for Your Thoughts for decades. Which of those jobs made you the happiest? Doing the play-by-play of uh, basketball is fun. I had the great pleasure, of course, of uh, being an, the play-by-play guy when uh, the 1989 basketball team went to the Final Four. So that was a that was great fun. But it was I uh, I liked managing as well. Except it's uh, the last uh, few months of my career was not not too bad when I didn't have to hire or fire or Look at the bottom line. If you don't have to do any of those, you're going to have a good time. We always had a good time, and uh, you and I overlapped for 10 years. We're going to get into that in a second. You are a member of the Illinois Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame. You were 2001 Citizen of the Year. I didn't know that till I did my research, of course, by the Champaign County Shamer of Commerce. You won the Illinois Broadcasters Association Award for Downstate Illinois Best Play-By-Play Announcer, and you were one of the 16 Best University Play-By-Play Announcers by Dick Vitale, of all people. Which of these awards meant the most to you? I don't know. I like the uh, the chamber that involved a lot of people in the community, and that's the people I'd been trying to talk to all those years. And uh, I uh, was surprised when I got it because a lot of uh, big time people have gotten that award, and uh, I like that a lot. But all of them are nice. I appreciate anything that anybody says <laughs> good about me. You're so humble. And every day you would come on my show and give a promo of what was coming up on your show, A Penny for Your Thoughts. And my co-host always seemed so annoyed that you and I had a bond and we would sing show tunes. Have you always celebrated the local art scene on Penny? Well, forever. And it was uh, real, one of the real joys of my life is bringing those young people in and all the... Uh, artists and uh, singers and dancers, and I always said that uh, I couldn't sing or dance or act, but I sure liked showbiz. Do you have favorite acts or favorite people that you enjoyed over the years that came in to sing? I don't know. I I think the people at the Centennial, uh, Marianne Wyatt and uh, her group uh, was the most loyal. They came out on Fridays before Illinois football games. I don't know. She she had a lot of energy and made me feel good when she was there. Like you. Oh, well, I miss working with you. Again, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk about the positive. You didn't always agree with the callers on A Penny for Your Thoughts, and that made for good radio. Over the years, you hosted hundreds of shows with Lauren Tate. What adjectives would you use to describe your relationship with him? He's a wonderful man. Uh, it's a wonderful life with Lauren Tate. No, he's... Uh, He's very uh, prolific writer, and he's still working hard. And uh, he and I had play-by-play experience, and then we did our Saturday morning uh, sports uh, line shows. And I don't know, it was just uh, fun being around him. And he and I are almost exactly the same age, although he's he is older. 
Just by months. And Lou Henson's in there someplace, too. Let's talk about your relationship with Lou Henson. A lot of coaches came and went. Why was Lou so special? You know, I think it got better over the years. There were there were years when people uh, said, we got to get him out of town, goodbye Lou, and all that. They weren't doing as well as uh, some of the fans thought they should. And then as time went on, people discovered what a great uh, man he is, uh, just a human being. He's uh, one of those kind of uh, people that, unlike me, uh, never says a swear word. He is kind. What he and Mary do behind the scenes with other people uh, helping them out is... uh, I don't know, it's, it would uh, fill a book itself. He's, he's just a, a terrific guy, and I liked uh, being around him. And, and uh, since he uh, retired, he, he, as most people know, he's had this uh, awful illness, and the guy has just fought it and fought it, and you didn't go from one day to the next knowing exactly how, how it was going to come out. There were times when we, we didn't know. Lou is still... Uh, Still uh, that kind of a guy. He's uh, Most people like him, and the best thing about him is that he treats everybody exactly the same, even if he doesn't know them. He'll say hello to somebody if I happen to be with him, and he'll say, hello, how you doing? So, and when he, the person leaves, he'll say, Jim, who was that? You've interviewed thousands of people over the years. Of course, you mentioned Lou Henson. One of your other favorites you have said was Roger Ebert. Who else did you enjoy interviewing uh, on a regular basis or just one time? My most interesting interviews uh, wound up being with people in the law or people that uh, kind of uncertain about uh, what direction it would go. And I would have uh, two or three of them on. You know, I'm talking about judges and uh, state's attorneys, uh, local governmental officials, I think most of my shows wound up being that, but uh, just to sit down and talk to somebody like like I'm talking to you is uh, was one of the gifts that uh, Roger Ebert had. He was so interesting. Guy's been all over the world. If people haven't uh, read his book, they should. You and I, as I mentioned earlier, both dismissed from DWS in the same year. I guess your last show was the end of last year. My last show was December 22nd. And I was told I was being let go due to the declining revenue from newspaper sales. Uh, I maintained my gender and political views got me laid off. How did they tell you your contract wasn't being renewed? Very simple. They just... uh said after a penny show one day, uh, can you sit down for a minute? And I, there was a couple of, you know, the manager of the station and the publisher of the paper, and they uh, wound up saying, we want to talk to you for a minute. I said, okay. You know, I thought it was about some shows. I was, it wasn't going to be all about Penny or about what I was doing or what I wasn't doing. And uh, first words out of their mouth was, uh, this is... Uh, the decision we've made, and the decision is, at the end of the year, uh, you uh, we're going to uh, drop you from our uh, <laughs> from our lineup, and uh, Brian Barnhart took it over, and that's that's about it. I, I guess if you want to go into the uh, reasons that they have, what they told me was that the uh, station was. Uh, declining in uh, revenue almost month by month, 
And I guess I was making too much money. I don't know. But that was one of the reasons. And the other one was uh, the one that I truly didn't like, uh, that, well, you've been here a while, and yeah, a while, several decades, and uh, it's time to give uh, some of the younger guys a chance, which is a age discrimination lawsuit if I ever saw one. I wanted you to sue for ageism, and friends and family wanted you to sue. How come you never pursued that avenue? I talked to an attorney about that, and one of the uh, main aspects of what I talked to him about was I have a two-year non-compete clause in my contract. That means that uh, for two years, about one year now, uh, I can no longer work at a radio station or a television station or do anything that would be in competition with the newspaper or the radio station. So if Stevie J, who has been a longtime friend of yours, called you up and said, I have a slot, how would you like to go opposite your own time slot? Legally, you can't do that right now? I cannot do that. I talked to an attorney who said, you would win. She said, this is an awful thing to, for anybody to have in their contract. There have been people all over the country that have sued and won. And uh, let me tell you, it would be a, a long experience. They would fight it. It would cost a lot of money uh, to pay attorneys and others to, uh, to get the job done. And finally, I just decided, no. I'll turn over another page in this journey, and it's gone pretty well, really. You're a lot classier than I am, but we worked for the same man, and I will say his name, General Manager Mike Hale. I felt he never understood talk radio, and he wasn't a very effective manager. If you ran the radio stations now, how would you do that differently? How would you handle the radio business differently than he does? Well, uh, you would try to attract uh, a different uh, demographic, for one thing. And not to say that our older uh, people uh, weren't great uh, callers and listeners to Penny and uh, other shows, but uh, it's all about that, and then it's about how do we compete with all the online things? How do what would we do? And uh, they're doing. Uh, some of that, and you'd have to be attractive. You know, I, as far as uh, to uh, advertisers, and let's go out and and meet people. Go, uh, you know, just make a list of people that aren't on the air, and have salespeople call on them on a regular uh, basis. Just trying to, you just have to jack up uh, those parts of it. And as far as the the uh, programming is concerned, uh, I uh, never paid. Much attention, we always had good people uh, programming you know, the FM side of it, but AM talk is, uh, is pretty good. A couple of stations in the, uh, in the country have uh, all talk all the time, and, and they do very well. So I, I don't know. It's, uh, back when I was doing that, I tried to be, not to talk about what is on the air or advertising, but I tried to be good to people. I tried to uh, call them in on a regular basis and just talk. We were fortunate enough uh, during my time to have some great people who left to go on Robin Kaler, for example, and there are plenty of others. You hired Dave Lone. There's a perfect example. And Stevie J. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you hired, you had a nose for talent. I just... Uh, 
thought what they were doing was better than what we were doing. And I'd get, a, I'd get rid of the uh, back-to-back shows on, on the uh, WDWS in the afternoon. You can't have them both side by side. I don't know. That's, what, five or six hours? Uh, yes, 11 to 4 every day. <laughs> I knew this would be something you could pick up on. You're still hosting Ice Cream and Independence. You're active with the United Way campaign. You do work with Carl. You host a Christmas dinner, to name a few of your philanthropic endeavors. What motivates you to keep giving back to this community? Well, it's been a great community for me and for my family and for meeting people like you. I'm very sincere about that. Or at the end of the uh, of the journey, or in this phase of the journey, I think back: who are who are my real friends? Who are people that contacted me and said, uh, "Sorry, you lost your job, but uh, you know, been fun working with you, or whatever." Didn't have very much of that. That was very disappointing. And I don't know if you did or not. Those who mattered to me did. And a few that I expected to say I'm sorry, I never heard from again. I guess that's, I don't know, maybe it's human nature or something, but it's very disappointing. And not that I expected a whole bunch of people to come having a party for me or anything like that. There was uh, no question being with people, meeting people, and finding out later who who is really a friend, is uh, it's quite a quite extraordinary experience, that's for sure. It is, and uh, I think you and I have now stuck to our agreement to meet each other for lunch about once a month now. Haven't we seen each other quite a bit? It's been the highlight of being laid off, I suppose. Yeah, you've been uh, busy, and uh, thankfully so have I. And I've got, you know, a couple of jobs right now. One of them is uh, taking care of my wife, who's not... Uh, not in real good shape. She's uh, out at the uh, villa. We're out at the corner of Springfield and uh, Staley. It's great care there, but it's, uh, you know, being a caregiver is a full-time job. And I do uh, a lot of work, as you mentioned, for uh, Health Alliance and for Carl. Have a lot of lunches and a lot of breakfast. I People think I'm a little strange because I go into a place like the original Pancake House, which is a good hangout spot in the, the morning. And uh, my idea of that is to take the daily paper, find a booth by myself, and that's kind of my time. And people people always said, come on over, you know, come sit with me. And they were being very nice about it. They've invited me several times, uh, the regulars in there. And I said, no, I'm okay. And, uh, you know, I might read for a while and then uh, go down to the library and uh, read some other papers and look around and just kind of hang out that way. I don't, it's sort of peace of mind. I get it. And I miss your face every day. Before I let you go, can you tell me your favorite Broadway musical? We used to sing together every day. I'm not saying I was on key, but it was our thing. What's your favorite musical? Well, singing, I would never really sing. I would sing to you, but... <clears throat> and this was off the air. We want to make that very clear. Oh, very much off the air before. It's a chorus line. And uh, I had the great pleasure of uh, interviewing uh, Marvin Hamlish. And uh, I've seen the show several times. And I would see it again tomorrow if it was playing someplace. It's a pleasure being with you. It's a pleasure seeing you again. I uh, I wish you the very best and the 
this idea of getting uh, getting out the word on a podcast is a great idea. I hope a lot of people will uh, listen to it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, my sweet friend, Jim Turpin. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. <laughs>